It's Thursday, April 24th, and you're listening to the Geek at Geek News Central. This is show number 943, sponsored in part by GoDaddy.com. Get 32% off at GoDaddy or pick up a domain name for $2.95. All of my specials can be found at geeknewscentral.com forward slash GoDaddy. Geek News Central is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network at techpodcast.com. Hey, folks, got a great show lined up for you. Glad to be back. We'll talk about uh, what happened on Monday and a few other more personal details. Uh, you know what comes next. Strap in. Here it comes. <laughs> All right, people, I need a go-no-go for the Geek News Central podcast. Digital archive recorders. We're go flight. Microphone. We're go flight. Video feed. Go. Web browser. Go. RSS data stream aggregator. Go flight. Interflux totism suppressor. All right, I'm confused. Host readiness check. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. The Geek News Central podcast is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are ready to go. Cue Todd in... Five. Bucky, Bucky, who's got the button? Four. There is no pause for alarm. Three. Everybody hold on to something. Two. Just press the button. One. It's showtime. Aloha and welcome to Geek News Central. My name is Todd Cochran. I'm glad to have you here. And, of course, I want to give a warm welcome to all of the longtime listeners of the show and uh, anyone that's in Ohana. And basically, if you're listening now, uh, you're, you're included. Ohana in Hawaii here means uh, family, so welcome to uh, our family of listeners. It's been a kind of a crazy week here. Matter of fact, um, my hair has kind of, I guess for a better word, quite been on fire. <laughs> uh, really, it just hasn't stopped all week, and, and I'll share a little bit with you in a few minutes why. And also tonight I want to talk, um, I want to basically go back to some roots and, and talk about some things that uh, maybe many of you that are new to the show um, don't know, uh, or maybe those that you that are longtime listeners may have kind of forgot or weren't aware of, but I want to kind of share some stuff tonight. So we're going to spend a little extra time at the beginning kind of uh, sharing with that. We've got a lot to get through tonight on the tech side. So um, I'm going to make up for it. This is probably going to be a long show. There's a lot of content, and uh, I just, I'm not feeling rushed tonight. I'm going to just take it easy and spend some time with you folks. So I, I hope that you've... Uh, Missed your uh, Geek News Central fix, but uh, if you're brand new, hey, what we want you to do, let's see if I can get this configured right here and not uh, be all thumbs uh, for the next uh, 15 minutes. Um, actually, I'll tell you, I should yeah, share another story with you too. It's something I, I haven't told. Uh, well, you guys are here in a few minutes. But anyway, get over to geeknewscentral.com and uh, you can get subscribed to the show real easily by... Uh, Basically, follow the uh, the links in the second column of the website. There's an iTunes or an RSS feed that you can get subscribed to. Matter of fact, if you're a Windows Phone user, the only way you can are going to be able to subscribe to this show on Windows Phone 8.1 is with the uh, RSS feed that's on the website. Their uh, their new de new device or new application that they're coming out with will be strictly for. Um, it's basically going to tie into the RSS feed, which is which is cool, but at the same time going to be a pain for some uh, podcasters. But there's a newsletter link as well. We want you to get signed up for the newsletter as well. So uh, we want to thank all of you uh, that are subscribed. And, of course, we want to encourage you to get subscribed um, as well. You can follow me on Twitter, or you can just email me uh, at geeknews at gmail.com. Of course, if you're watching the show right now on the screen, it says at geeknews. That's the Twitter account. 
And of course, again, the email address is geeknews at gmail.com. You can follow on uh, Facebook or on Google+. Uh, those links will be in the show notes tonight. So uh, just click on them and go over to the uh, Google Plus page and follow. We want you to be involved in the show. We want the community to come together tighter as, as we grow. And as we march to a thousand, we definitely want to fill those communities up and, and make you guys feel more at home um, like you should be. And uh, we want you to uh, participate in, in the forums, whether it be on Facebook or Google Plus, so that we can uh, just kind of hang out together. Okay, the Tech Podcast uh, Network, of course, has this show on, our, on the Roku device, um, also uh, on Google TV, uh, coming very, very soon to app, the Amazon Fire TV. So I hope to make that announcement in the next couple of weeks. Keep our fingers crossed. So uh, lots of places to watch. Heck, just write on your tablet or come to the website directly and, and click play, listen or watch. And that's really the way to stay connected with the show. Hey, tonight's show, of course, is sponsored in part by our good friends over at GoDaddy.com. And, you know, GoDaddy's been a great sponsor here with this for many, many years. And there's lots of options over at GoDaddy right now. There's hundreds of new choices when it comes to new top-level domains dot club dot email dot guru and of course you guys know i picked up a couple of really cool dot guru ones dot reviews dot today dot directory and many many more to come uh, throughout the year so we want you to pay attention to that our 25 percent off code is going to work um of course you can find all the codes for the uh, for GoDaddy at geeknewcenter.com forward slash GoDaddy. We had to kill one. Uh, the $35 off code died, but we've got the 32% off, the 25% off, which also works with the TLDs. We got the 50% off new hosting plans with the free domain, 50% off tr uh, first 12 months of uh, business website builder, uh, $295 uh, for a .com using the promo code 295geek. Just come over to geeknewcenter.com forward slash GoDaddy, and you're going to really be able to save a lot of money by using one of my promo codes. And uh, we've uh, we've been uh, had an issue last week um, with the server. They uh, took care of everything in, in record time. Uh, we've been up running, knock on wood, everything's been good. But it really allowed me to kind of sit back and think about some things to do um, to because this server is really – um, we are really at the kind of the edge on the performance wise because we're getting that much traffic and enough sites. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start offloading a few things. So I'm looking uh, for someone uh, to assist me, and we've already started some of the process um, already. But uh, if you're a Unix guy and also knows a little something about Amazon S3 and CloudFront, uh, definitely drop me uh, an email. I want to employ you to do some work, and some of it's just going to be some grunt work, but uh, we're going to make some changes, and I, I really do need a little bit of assistance and uh, moving some things around. But uh, drop me an email at geeknews at gmail.com. You can rely on Angelo to do it, but I've got him so swamped right now, I'm trying to not uh, rely on him for some of this extra stuff, but it should be good for, I would think, four or five hours worth of work for somebody. Um, but uh, just nothing else, just kind of cleaning house, uh, everything's, you know, we're going to run the same way it has been, but uh, we're going to take like images and that kind of stuff. We're going to take those off the server and put them up in the cloud. So that kind of stuff we're going to do to just, uh, you know, help the performance on the website um, alone, uh, make sure that it increases as we're getting ready to roll out the new site design as well. It's kind of have be nice to have all that kind of in hand uh, when, we, when we make the swap over. 
So let's talk just a little bit here. Um, Monday, you know, I couldn't have got home <laughs> if I don't wanted to. Uh, the traffic, it was just like, it's, it was this compound uh, reaction. About three in the afternoon, I'm, I'm headed in town to pick my kids up from school. And, uh, you know, it's normal, my normal time, because I normally, you know, pick them up, get turned around. I'm usually, depending on what time they get done, I'm usually back here by eh, 5, 5.30. And plenty of time to get ready for the show. And uh, and I noticed on the other side of the highway, there was a tractor trailer stalled. And I'm like, oh, man, that's that's going to slow things down. It wasn't, I figured, okay, that's not going to be too bad. There's, you know, and it was right at a merge. There's still two of the three lanes are still open. So I said, if I can get down, get them, get back. And of course, that was the afternoon. My daughter was late. So I'm, you know, tapping my foot in the car and uh, it's five o'clock. And uh, she uh, finally jumps in the car and we go to get on the highway and it's a parking lot. <laughs> so I turn on the radio and uh, there's been a fire further down the line, about halfway between where I was at and my house, and the traffic was just stopped. I mean, just, I mean, stopped. So, you know, I'm thinking to myself, okay, this will probably clear in an hour and a half. I'm thinking, all right, let's go get something to eat. Um, if I can get, if we can get on the road by, uh, by 6.15, maybe we can be home by 7, uh, I still might be able to make it. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, it, it didn't turn out well, not at all, not in the least. Um, I didn't make it, uh, sent the email from the car, letting you guys know that, uh, you know, it wasn't going to happen. So, uh, that's what happened Monday night. And really that's you know, no more excuse than that. But I got home and I'm just like, forget it. And I had so much stuff scheduled this week. There was just no way I could make the show up on, uh, on Tuesday. Um, so my apologies and, uh, we're here. And uh, back with you. So that's, I guess stuff happens, right? So I had planned Monday to really kind of dig deep into um, what, what really prompted me was over the weekend. And, and, and for those of you that um, are new, uh, this is where we kind of wrap it down once in a while. We'll get into the tech, I promise. But, but give, me, give me five or 10 minutes here, okay, to kind of talk a little bit about something that's really be honest with kind of irritating me and 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 this is not necessarily going to be a soapbox type of thing but i i you know i grew up and let me just give you some background um so that you'll know where i'm coming from when i when i talk about this specific topic that kind of you know set my mind to spin and when when i was a kid um i grew up in the country i mean i grew up in southern michigan uh for those of you that are watching uh um i lived uh, at the bottom of the state, stone's throw from the Indiana state line in a small town called Quincy. It's where I went to high school. I think my graduating class was like 86 or 87 or something like that. It was a pretty small number. But it was a rural agriculture area. And uh, my father was a contractor uh, with heavy-duty equipment like bulldozers, backhoes, cranes, dragline cranes, the kind with cables that, you know, swing a bucket, um, and really the full, you know, semis, trailers. And, you know, as a kid uh, growing up, it was, there was never a dull moment. There was, there was stuff to do all the time. And, you know, typically I would get off the bus 
from getting home from school. And I, and I lived literally on a dirt road. And, and by the time I hit my teenage years, I was expected to be in the shop by, and my dad had a big uh, machine shop, by about 3.30 in the afternoon to, uh, to really go to work. And it was everything from uh, cleaning to tearing equipment down to uh, bending metal, you name it, whatever needed to be done, we did it. And then the winter was many times even harder work than in the summertime. But during summer breaks, you know, I was always, uh, you know, for when I got probably 15 or 16, I started going on the job with my dad and he was a true ditch digger. He, he dug ditches and, uh, we'd have to clear, you know, either side of the ditches, uh, you know, 75 feet back. And, and so, you know, I got pretty handy with a chainsaw and, you know, I graduated high school. It's, you know, if you look at me today, like what the hell happened? But, uh, you know, I graduated high school like 100 pounds soaking wet. And uh, there was an ounce of fat on me largely because, you know, I just worked. You know, I was, you know, and, and, and we worked hard. And if my dad didn't have something for me to do, my grandfather was a cash crop farmer. Uh, soybeans, uh, corn, uh, wheat and uh, farm and animals and we always had animals at our place, so there was always something to do, and we worked like dogs. Had to. I mean, my father by no means was was wealthy. My mom still had to work uh, sometimes for grocery money because who got paid first was the employees got paid first, and my dad got paid last. Um, actually, employees, uh, machines, uh, machine maintenance, and then whatever was left. That's what my you know what my dad got for salary, and. Uh, you know, it was, it was not, uh, you know, my parents never really uh, had a lot. And, and, and they did uh, well. And uh, my mom continues to do well today in, in a new business. And, of course, my father's no longer with me. But, you know, one thing he instilled in me is, is work, you know, hard work. And I try to make my kids understand that hard work is really will get you a lot further down the road today than anything else. Um, so many times we see... I hate to say it, just these absolute lazy people that um, are not, you know, really earning their keep. But let me just back up again. Let's uh, talk about something in, in here. Going back to my childhood, you know, I grew up around livestock and uh, grew up around uh, companies that had uh, massive uh, hog farms. You know, they would raise a, a thousand pigs and the pigs would never see uh, the daylight before they went in the door and out the door and a you know, they went in the door in a box and out the door in a in a box, and uh, and into in, into the grocery store. So you know, I'm always um, you know seeing folks that are always whining about you know certain practices, and um, you know if if people really took a look at the interior of America and understood what it takes to get what grows in the fields and being raised and all that to get that into their supermarkets, you know, they wouldn't complain. They wouldn't be, you know, always pointing the finger of, oh, 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 that person's doing one thing one way and he shouldn't be doing it that. And, and so, you know, an environmentalist, I'm not. <laughs> I believe in, you know, protecting the environment, but, you know, I understand what it takes to, you know, get crops off the field and, and animals butchered and into the supermarket. And uh, I know this has nothing to do with tech, but there are so many people today that whine. Um, you know, I think I, I heard something there where the somebody was uh, 
some PETA folks were um, complaining about uh, they're using eggs at uh, during the uh, uh, annual Easter roll at the White House. I'm like, you complain about the eggs? Are you give me a break? You know, chickens are raised to lay eggs. That's what they do. Um, you know, and they say, oh, those could have been, you know, baby chicks instead. You, you, you do know, do people realize that chickens don't sit on eggs anymore? You know, they, they may in the wild, but what they do on farms, they get the eggs and they put them in an incubator. <laughs> that's how, that's how it's done. They're, they're, chickens don't sit on eggs till they hatch. It just, it, no, it doesn't happen no more. So, you know, it's just the little things like that. And I know I'm bending kind of, it's kind of, but it just, sometimes people really need to stop and think. And, and I don't know if it's ignorance or they're just so wrapped around everything that they do that they're too short-sighted to see things. It, it, I don't know. It just, it drives me a little bit nuts. So when I'm hearing people complain um, especially about how middle America works and what they do and what it takes to get stuff really on people's table. Um, you know, and I'm a country boy at heart. That's you know, where I grew up. You know, I, you know, I, you know, when I talk about living in a country, it was about, you know, going outside and I could have run, now I wouldn't do this, but I could have run naked in my front yard. Now, besides grossing my sister out and my parents, um, no one else would have seen me because it was that, you know, it's just like, yeah, I could do that. And he, he, no one would, would catch you, you know, because there was, it's pretty rural. And uh, so you guys got to understand sometimes where I come from, uh, my thought process, even though they've been involved in technology for really for, you know, almost 30 years, uh, having spent uh, 24 years in the Navy and doing lots of stuff in the, in, you know, in the aerospace business, um, you know, it's still in, you know, my roots are back there. Um, and uh, I just, uh, people need to quit complaining and whining and being so nitpicky. And it just, it just really drives me nuts because <laughs> farmers can't go on strike. They have to work. The cows have to be milked. The fields have to be tended to. Uh, they're very hardworking, and it's 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 really uh, not saying other people don't work. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I just sometimes it just really pisses me off when someone says something really ignorant and they don't fully understand the you know what's coming out of their mouth when it comes to you know what's going on with everything today with food and agriculture and everything else. Now don't get me wrong. You know, we're importing a lot of stuff from foreign countries. We're bringing a lot of vegetables in. And that's just the, you know, the, the nature of the beast these days. But um, it's definitely kind of an interesting perspective to watch people and, and how they talk. But I've went way off the reservation here. But anyway, here we are. Let's talk some tech. Let's have some fun. I'll get off my doggone complaining route here. And we'll have some fun here with talking some some geek stuff. Okay, so... Let's uh, let's move right into it. Let's get uh, let's switch gears, and uh, had a few people jump in the chat room. Uh, one person caught me in the middle and was like, "Wow!" and left. So I guess I scared somebody off. <laughs> oh, nothing like leaving the uh, GoDaddy sponsor up too during my little rant. That was probably not good. Okay, so. Um, you know, it's almost one of those things where, like, should I cut that out of the show or should I start over? <laughs> but uh, anyway, let's move on. And let's talk about something really that's going to affect us as, as geeks. I want to make you a reminder. 
that in 2007, then presidential hopeful, president or president hopeful Obama pledged net neutrality laws if he was elected president. Um, he was going to prioritize the well, basically barring broadband providers like AT&T and Comcast from prioritizing internet content and uh, affixing his signature to the federal net neutrality rules would be high on his list during his first year in Oval Office. Now, the junior senator at the time from Illinois said during an interactive forum with the popular contenders put on MTV and MySpace at Coe College in Iowa. And uh, so here we have in 2007, the president, the future president, was highly um, supportive of net neutrality laws. And yet, today, the FCC has basically came out and given Comcast and all the broadband internet providers um, the ability to become a toll troll. And that's what we're going to call them. We're going to call them toll trolls. And it's time to wake up because if we don't and we don't start dialing the telephone tomorrow and we don't start writing pieces to the FCC tomorrow, we're going to get what's rammed down our throats. Now, if you just think about this for a second, three weeks from now, the internet that you know and love is about to disappear. And if, if the, the internet was going to be changed fundamentally or will be changed fundamentally in about the next three weeks, would you not start raising holy heck? Now, if the internet was going to be shut down in three weeks, you guys would all get out on the streets and scream bloody murder. And we know that on May 15th, the FCC will propose a new set of rules. They're supposed to stop big phone and cable companies from blocking websites or discriminating against apps and services they don't like, except they're going to have, they're going to have the ability to uh, open up an express lane if they pay to do so. The FCC's latest attempt here to make rules for open internet is obviously a result of the federal court decision earlier this year. That ruling threw out FCC's existing open internet rules and sent the agency back to the drawing board. The new rules, apparently, according to FCC Chairman Wheeler will restore the concepts of net neutrality consistent with the court ruling. But contrary to Wheeler's claims, the court did not force the FCC to choose this path. The court clearly told the FCC that if it wishes to ensure Internet users can send and receive information free from ISPs, then the agency must classify ISPs as telecom carriers under Title II of the Communication Act. He has not said anything about this. 
We need to build public pressure on the FCC right now, immediately. We need to get on the phone. We need to sign petitions. Now, the FCC says we don't want to destroy net neutrality, but it's going to anyway. The FCC doesn't want to, companies like Netflix or Viacom to have to pay to get their content to end users or broadband networks, but it doesn't see a way or maybe even a reason to ban the practice. Now, they did a call with reporters today, and they laid out the agency's thinking on the new network neutrality rules, and they tried to address some of the concerns that the Internet, as we know it, is broken. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a subtle shift that they're making to this. This subtle shift is basically... The FCC is going to attempt to honor the intent of the 2010 Open Internet Order, but they are at the same time uh, probably going to have to allow companies like Comcast to become a toll troll and to charge companies like Netflix, companies like HBO, companies like uh, ESPN to pay a toll to get their content through. Now, the FCC may implement a no-blocking position while resorting to call the ISPs common carriers. And uh, the FCC plans to ask about establishing a baseline of broadband service and view anything that goes below this baseline as blocking. While this may seem kind of esoteric, in 2007... When Comcast was interfering with the delivery of BitTorrent packets, it argued that it was actually blocking them. Instead, it wasn't. Instead, it was delaying delivery, so the routers, in fact, dropped the packets, and customers couldn't access the files. And, um, but again, there is a. Um, you know, a lot of people out there are very upset right now. The, the FCC came out on their blog today and said, there's been a great deal of misinformation that has recently surfaced regarding the draft of open internet notice of proposed rulemaking that we will today circulate to the commission. Um, the notice proposes the reinstatement of open internet. He goes on and on and on. He says, to be clear, this is what the notice will propose, that all ISPs must transparently disclose to their subscribers and users all relevant information as to the policies that govern their network. Okay, that's big words, meaning nothing. That no legal content may be blocked. And that ISPs may not act in commercial unreasonable manner to harm the internet, including favoring the traffic from an affiliate entry. So they can have reasonable they may act reasonable. So their definition of reasonable, you know, to me, may be different what's reasonable from someone at Comcast. So you're going to get a, a time to comment here on this, on this. And at the same time, the folks at Netflix came out. And, it, and this is what we've talked about on this show many, many times. They've accused Comcast of charging twice for the same internet content. 
In a new blog post, Netflix now claims that Comcast isn't truly offering transit service. Now, what's going on there? Let's talk about transit service for those of you who don't understand. If I'm a level three, now level three is one of the big guys. It has a huge backbone. They move a lot of con, uh, internet uh, back and forth. And what level three does, and other companies like them, they make peering arrangements. And basically they tell, okay, um, uh, Comcast, we're going to peer with your service. And so long as you send and receive data back and forth about equal, the peering is about the same. We're going we're gonna to make that deal. Now, they've made a deal with, with uh, Comcast already. And Comcast, if, if Level 3 sends them too much traffic, uh, Comcast can send Level 3 a bill. That's part of their business. That's how they do their business. So what Netflix does is Netflix says, hey, um, uh, Level 3 or any of the other backbone providers, we want to route traffic through you. And Level 3 says, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll take your traffic and we'll push it into Comcast, no problem. And uh, we're going to charge you, you know, X amount of dollars to make that happen. But really what happens here now is since Netflix has done a deal with Comcast, so you got level three, let's say, for example, that is one of their inbound providers and Netflix making a, 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 a payment and you, the customer, making a payment. The really Comcast is really making out like a bandit. They're charging everyone and acting as the toll troll. Netflix now claims that Comcast isn't truly offering transit service. It accuses Comcast of extorting content companies and its own customers by charging twice for the same content. Netflix explains that while transit networks like Level 3 and, and Cogent help carry traffic to every network on the Internet, Comcast isn't performing that role. Comcast isn't, isn't even helping Netflix move the traffic, according to Netflix, but simply acting as a gatekeeper for its own customers. Yet those customers are already theoretically paying. Comcast for access to whatever internet content they request, including Netflix, right? And this way, Comcast is double dipping by getting both the subscribers and internet content providers to pay to access to each other. Netflix also suggests that Comcast intentionally allowed its connections to existing transit providers like Cogent and Level 3 to clog up in order to force the issue, but it's not clear who is actually at fault? I'm sure Comcast did that, in my opinion. Comcast, of course, oh, no, 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 we didn't do that. Uh, matter of fact, uh, they were slowing us down. Instead of Comcast spending money on their network to upgrade it to handle the traffic that you and I want from a provider, our internet provider, or charging me more for the service when they have to upgrade it, they are going to be the toll troll. So the issue is basically charging a potentially discriminatory fee for access to certain kinds of content. So if we want to get our Pandora, Pandora's going to have to pay to get it to us. So we'll see where this leads. But the Internet as we know it is about to change. You need to make sure that you take... 20 minutes and make sure you go over to the FCC site and submit your testimony and what you want in, in your comments. 
Now, we'll get some links for you here shortly. As soon as we can, we will. And uh, But uh, this is a big deal. Big, big, big deal. I got, I got one, two, three, four, five, six, just six articles alone. Uh, there was probably a hundred on this topic alone today. But don't forget, the President of the United States, as a candidate, pledged net neutrality. Did he do that? He didn't do that. He says, President had said before that companies like Google may not have gotten it started without a level playing field and pledged to make sure net neutrality is the principle that his FCC is applying as they move forward. His revelation wasn't exactly jaw-driving. After all, when the debate over enacting net neutrality laws was raging in that time frame in 2007, he devoted a podcast to touting the need for regulations and denying the bells and cable the ability to change the internet as we know it. He also signed on as a co-sponsor of legislation proposing net neutrality regulations for broadband providers. He wasn't the only presidential candidate to voice support for this. You had Senator Joe Biden, Democrat, which is now our vice president. Hillary Clinton, which at the time was a senator. Christopher Dodd, Democrat of Connecticut. Former Democrat Senator John Edwards. Representative Dennis Kanich of Ohio. Democrat New Mexico Governor Bill Richardson. They all wanted the net neutrality thing. But uh, what did we get? Did we get anything? So don't forget that. Don't forget. And I'll have the link up in the show notes for you on what he said. And here we have the FCC about ready to change the Internet as we know it. All right, let's talk about Google. Vic Gentora, Google Plus head, he's out. He's gone. Of course, he was uh, he led Google into the social world with the creation of Google Plus. A Google spokesman confirmed the departure. Departure. And uh, he basically today I'm announcing my departure from Google after almost eight years. I'm also from debt to Google Plus team. This is a group of people who built social at Google against the skepticism of so many. But there's a, there's some something going on at Google. Apparently, Google's going to end the Force G Plus integration, and it's drastically cut division resources. Reports say that a thousand to twelve hundred employees will be moved from Google Plus to other divisions. In short, Google seems to be backing away from the original Google Plus strategy. There's a report out that states that Google Plus will no longer be considered a product that competes with Facebook and Twitter and that Google's mission to force Google Plus in every product will end. Possibly moving Hangout into the Android platform. Photos somewhere else. I don't get it. I love Google Plus. So it's unclear what the future Google Plus will be. And we'll see the effects of this shortly. And uh, as a brand, Google Plus is about as toxic as you can get. And you mentioned the service getting close to a Google product usually results in instant rage from folks on the Internet. Don't know why, but uh, we'll see what happens here. 
Let's talk about some earnings report. Amazon reported $19.7 billion in quarterly revenue earnings in line with expectations. So uh, how much did they... Uh, how much did they clear? What was their profit? Uh, looks like about three. Uh, they had earnings of 23 cents a share, uh, which is good. So I don't know what their total profit was, but it was $19.74 in revenue. At the same time, Microsoft's uh, first uh, fiscal quarter three earnings uh, beat with revenue of $20.40 billion with uh, earnings per share of 68 cents. And surface top line of 500, so basically what's going on here? Surface revenue was slightly off. Office 365 uptake remained solid, and Azure, Azure grew quickly. The company also reported 1.2 million Xbox One sales, along with 800,000 Xbox 360s. Um, so they had an operating income of $6.97 billion and a in net income of 5.66 billion in the period so uh they're still putting money in the bank and of course what windows revenue in the period was strong uh windows oem revenue grew up four percent um what else i think that's it but uh, uh definitely a good quarter for for microsoft everyone had a great quarter uh, and, uh the folks at uh, apple had a blowout quarter uh, man, they, they really rocked, rocked the house and made a bunch of uh, huge announcements yesterday. Uh, seven for one stock split. Um, what else? Um, and that's going to bring the price down to where maybe you and I can actually afford to buy a share or two. Um, what else was in there? Um, a buyback to like $1.3 or something like that, total stock buyback. Oh, one thing I want to mention about Amazon, they're thinking of uh, basically – implementing what's called last mile service in New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, major big cities where they can basically outperform uh, shippers like FedEx and UPS. So uh, basically they're trying to uh, shorten the amount of time between the time you click uh, order until when it's delivered. Um, I tell you, it's pretty doggone quick. I've been buying a lot of stuff on Amazon Prime. And even though it takes five to seven days to get here in Hawaii, it's free shipping. I, I could care less. All right, let's talk a little bit about Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin, Putin, <laughs> says the Internet is a CIA project. <laughs> he condemned the Internet as being a CIA-controlled project. And, of course, the comments come just days after executives at Russia's largest social network reported that Putin affiliated has seized control of the con uh, company. Um, Pavel Durov said he that he'd been ousted from the company that he founded. Um, I have to reach out to one of uh, – I had an interview last year with uh, – um, a matter of fact, they just launched a new project. It's, it's a product. It's up on uh, – Geek News Central is reported today, um, and I don't know if you want to have your email through a Russian company or not, but my.com has launched the first mobile-only email service, uh, and that's run by the folks. Uh, my.com is opened by a, uh, a Russian that uh, is basically the equivalent of a, of a, of a you know, basically he's a, he's a rich billionaire. And uh, they're trying to break into the U.S. market. But uh, going back to what oh, Putin is doing, um, even worse, 
Putin has basically told the, that Russians, specifically Russian bloggers, have to register with the government. So if you're a blogger and uh, you love free speech, uh, guess what? Uh, they don't want people speaking their minds online. And uh, so they basically now want bloggers to uh, declare their family name and initials and email addresses. They, you have to go register with the uh, essentially the KGB again. So um, they're also saying if a, if a person's uh, personal blog has more than 3,000 visitors a day, they have to put their names on a special list and abide by a particular uh a very serious set of restrictions. The uh, Those restrictions are basically the same that many mass media outlets must pay in Russia. And if they violate those laws, they'll be subject to fines or even have their site suspended or probably be taken to the gulag and beat or killed. Um, so what is Storff's off-limits for bloggers in Russia? Well, first and foremost, they'll be expected to confirm the authenticity of any information they publish and avoid disclosing people's personal data. Those rules in particular are aimed at protecting politicians from controversy and smear campaigns. Beyond that, they're prohibited against posting violent or, or porn content or e and even using obscene language. And anything the government deems extremist or related to terrorism is off limits. So it's, it's pretty obvious here. They want to scare bloggers into avoiding posting controversial opinions and information, especially about government authorities. Um, and there's a chance that the new law could fall before the Russia's constitutional court. You know, I, I've always, for many years, I've always laughed. Oh, Russia's our friends now. <laughs> you know, anyone that really grew up in the time of the Cold War, do you really believe that? You know, it won't be too long. Putin's going to do more stuff. You just stand by. He's just going, nah, 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 nah. He doesn't care. They have they have plenty of oil and gas. You know, they got plenty of exports. They're flushing cash again. So, you know, they're just you know going to, now it's time to bring the hammer down and bring the country back in line and, uh, you know, start putting people in uh, internment camps and, you know, everything else. Uh, you know, it's uh, not a surprise. So uh, Vladimir Putin and his bare chest says, if you're a blogger, you must register. <laughs> oh, will they make us start registering here in the United States if we're bloggers? All right, let's let's switch topics completely. Do you want to know? Here's a little trivia thing. You ever wonder who invented the clean room? Well, the folks at Sandia National Labs in Albuquerque, New Mexico, were the ones that came up with it. Specifically, one guy that was basically the the father of the clean room. And there's a pretty good uh, little uh, FAQ on how it developed and when and, and why. Uh, is really the the uh, the clean room goes back to the '60s. Um, it's because back then, uh, it, transistors could be shorted out with, uh, um, basically, uh, um, you know, a, a piece of, uh, metal or something that's, you know, smaller or thinner than, a, uh, th thinner than like one tenth of a micron or something like that. So, uh, uh, talks about smart rooms and how they came into existence. So I've been link up in the show notes. Hey, do, any of you that are play on fans and play on is a, one of the, uh, media services, uh, Play-On's bringing 100-plus channels to Chromecast. 
So this is huge. Um, so plan ad support, bringing 100 plus channels, DVR capability, and a uniform mobile interface to browse channels and content to Chromecast users. So this is big, 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 uh, big news here. Now, Playon is available as, as an annual subscription for $29.99 a year or lifetime for 60 bucks. Of course, Playon can also stream to Xbox, Xbox 360, and, and Roku devices. So uh, they got some pretty cool stuff. They really do. Hey, have you updated your iPhone? The new iPhone update 7.11 is supposed to improve battery life. I'm going to be doing that because my iPhone, iPhone is like dying. Uh, it just doesn't get very far on a, on a charge these days. So uh, I'll uh, definitely be uh, uh, doing that. Uh-oh, what happened there? I just heard a ding. That didn't fail, did it? No, it's still running. Okay, good. That didn't. I, I've got putty. And those of you that are techies will know what putty is. I got putty running and doing some task in the background on uh, one of my uh, hosting accounts. All right, so I want to show you guys something here. Build your own space station with little bits, NASA approved kit. Uh, it, I almost want one of these for myself. It's $189. And uh, it's definitely designed for kids. But when you see the video on this, uh, the geek in you is going to want to buy one of these. I, I think it's pretty exciting. I'm going to look a lot more into it. And uh, maybe, um, how should I say it? Wink, wink, I'll buy it for my son. Wink, wink. <laughs> uh you know, you you gotta you know you gotta geek out. The it's boys and their toys, and this is this is definitely a toy, but uh, it's it's kind of a cool one, <laughs> and it does have some function to it too. It just it has little things you can do for science projects and stuff. All right, Microsoft released a remote desktop app for Windows Phone, so uh, that's pretty good. If you've got a Windows Phone, you can now uh, as long as you got Windows Phone eight point one. You can uh, download the remote desk app, uh, which basically allows your phone to access your home PC. In uh, San Francisco, article on Huffington Post, uh, landlords accused of kicking out tenants to list on Airbnb are being investigated by San Francisco City Attorney. And he alleges that uh, some landlords are evicting tenants in order to list their apartments for elevated rates on short-term rental sites like Airbnb. And uh, he's going after him uh, in a big, big way. So uh, that's kind of an interesting move as well. Now, going back to the NASA space station, the ISS crew is, um, I think, did, uh, when did they do it? Have they done it already? Um, yeah, they have. They went on a spacewalk to replace a malfunctioning computer. Um, NASA astronauts Steve Swanson and Rick, oh my goodness, Master Ascio, uh, members of the ISS Expedition 39 crew undertook a short spacewalk to replace the malfunctioning MDM. The space book concluded at 11.32 a.m. Eastern when the astronauts re-entered and repressurized. Uh, how long were they out? Um, huh. Didn't say how long they were out, but it was apparently pretty short. Uh, I don't think anything when you do uh, uh, when you do a spacewalk is short. Of course, the... Uh, the Dragon uh, has, has made it up there from SpaceX. It's uh, being unloaded. I think it'll be there like another 18 days before they send it back to Earth. I haven't heard any updates yet, though, on uh, what uh, what happened with the rocket that uh, re-entered, and they basically tried to land it um, 
horizontally be with horse yeah uh, vertical vertical vertically <laughs> um before the uh uh isn't that horrible um basically and they, they said it basically stayed online for a number of seconds before it uh, tipped over and, and went into the ocean but like to see some more results on that hey you want to live in nerd paradise well they've got a they've got a uh some states that are uh that are nerd heavens now check this out alaska washington oregon idaho wyoming utah colorado new mexico kansas uh wisconsin indiana kentucky west virginia and maine are uh what they say is nerd heaven now california which you would expect to be so let me let me go through this list um California, Texas, Arkansas, uh, Nebraska, Minnesota, Illinois, uh, Tennessee, Ohio, and Pennsylvania say there are few nerds. Now, how can they say that? Silicon Valley in California is full of nerds. Uh, nerd hell is Florida, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, New York, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Delaware, Washington, D.C., and South Dakota. And those states that are nerd-friendly are uh, Nevada, Arizona, Oklahoma, Missouri, uh, Iowa and Michigan, including oh, Rhode Island as well and Massachusetts. So um, I I don't know how they came up with this list, but uh, I guess real estate e-stately has ranked the nation from most to least nerd, nerd dense and concluded that the rural Western states are prime habitat for nerds. So uh, of course we all know that nerds, geeks, make more money than most people do. So, um, you know, you tell your daughters to go to those states <laughs> to find their husband. You don't want to send them to Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Florida, South Dakota, or New York. They're not going to find a geek down there, except for this audience, of course. <laughs> anyway, a little fun. And I, I don't know what criteria they came up with, but uh, you can you can read through the... Uh, the article flood beacon uh if you live in a flood prone area they're starting to deploy a uh or basically prototyping what's called a flood beacon and it floats on water uh basically it it measures water rise and can basically send out an alert uh, very quickly uh, and, and oftentimes more accurate than uh um than what's in uh you know, available via the news service and so forth. So uh, we'll see where this leads, but uh, kind of cool stuff where they can put sensors now and stuff and float them and basically it uses a, a GPS thing to uh, uh, tell what's going on. Apple users are at risk uh, by Apple. They had a three-week delay between OS 10 and iOS patches. Apple exposed iOS users to security threats by taking three weeks longer to patch the same vulnerabilities in the mobile OS that it previously fixed in Safari on OS X. Uh, this is not good. Security researcher who left Apple at the end of January for a position at Tesla Motors strongly criticized the former employer software patching practices in a blog post on Wednesday. The researcher pointed out that their vulnerabilities fixed in iOS 7.11, which was released by Apple Tuesday, were the same ones the company had patched in Safari iOS 6.13 and 7.03 for OS 10 on April 1. Many of those vulnerabilities were located in the WebKit, the web rendering engine used by iOS, the Safari browser, and OS 10 applications. Most of them had been found by members of the Google Chrome security team. 
So uh, your phones were open to hack while your computers were not. Uh, pretty sad state of affairs. Things should be patched altogether. Appears Apple and Google will settle their no poaching conspiracy lawsuit. It's not saying how much they're going to pay, uh, but uh, they're going to pay something. If the companies had not agreed to settle, plaintiffs would have asked um, a jury to award roughly $3 billion in damages. Under antitrust law, that could have been tripled to $9 billion. So uh, we don't know how much they paid. I doubt we'll ever know. Maybe it'll leak. But uh, they both agreed to settle um, and, uh, and, and write a check. Okay. Um, article we're on Huffington Post talking about uh, Verizon blockbuster data breach report is bad news for organizations. And I haven't seen the report, but Verizon apparently published a report on the internet data breaches, which has garnered major headlines because it fingers Eastern Europe as a greater source of attacks than those from East Asia and primarily China. Prepared with the cooperation of 50 companies in different parts of the world, the Verizon study classifies data breaches into different categories, but the two most important stand out visibly from all others that are the point of sale attacks and cyber espionage attacks. So, um, I'm going to try to get my hand on this thing and uh, so we can share it with you. If anyone sees a link to this, uh, this report, this uh, Verizon Blockbuster Data Breach Report, let me know. Uh, send me an email. We'll put it up for the audience uh, in, uh, on Geek News Central. But uh, it's got some damning information in it. Hey, a big win for us Windows users. The Windows 8.1 start menu could show up this summer. So uh, basically, I think basically uh, Windows has given up. And uh, But it appears the start menu is going to appear this fall. Two well-known Microsoft watchers say the highly anticipated update could be here before summer is out. So uh, that's outstanding. Um, it really, really is to get the uh, start menu back. All right, over on TechCrunch, Code Academy is being reported as moving to be a one-stop shop for programming education. And, uh, of course, we've known about Code Academy for a long time. And, uh, but the company says it's learned a few things about itself and, and launched a new redesigned website today with an enhanced framework for teaching more than just the nuts and bolts of programming. So basically they're trying to transform itself from a first step on the path to learning how to code and getting a job. Um, and they're really taking things really to the next level uh, to be a one-stop shop for online continuing and professional education. So I'm, uh, I'm definitely going to, you know, I, I need to learn a little code. Yeah, I'm tired of being uh, behind the eight ball on some of this stuff. So I may take a few of these classes. Um, I actually, I don't know if, how much they charge, but I got some GI Bill to use and uh, before it expires. And maybe this may be what I'll do. It's not like I don't have enough time, on, you know, enough to do already, but uh, we'll see. Hey, we talked about Heartbleed and OpenSSL um, complaining about not having enough money. Well, it appears that uh, some companies have st stood up and, and put some money in the pot. And uh, so basically, the um, what's going to happen is that who's going to control the cash here? Um, some Linux foundation is going to uh, basically control the cash. And then they're going to uh, basically um, hand out money to OpenSSL and other folks to try to um, solidify, it's a, yeah, it's a Linux foundation. It's going to, um, working on a three-year initiative uh, with at least 3.9 million that's been uh, donated. 
Uh, it's going to go to multiple open source projects, and uh, they're going to uh, uh, work at uh, fortifying um, a, a variety of different services that we rely on. So this is good. This is a, this is big, big deal here. Um, the funding's not going to come with strings attached, um, but uh, it's going to be basically they're going to be doling out to OpenSL and, and other folks. Um, and there's uh, multiple members that are going to get cash. So uh, that's that's cool. It really, really is. So they're going to try to, to uh, beef that up. The feds are uh, basically asking the Supreme Court to let them search phones without a warrant. Uh, law enforcement has long been long advocated for universal kill switches and cell phones to cut down on mobile device theft. But now that the Department of Justice argues that the same remote locking and data uh, wiping technology represents a threat to police investigations, and basically in a brief filed to the U.S. Supreme Court yesterday, the case uh, alleged against a Boston drug dealer, the Justice Department argues that police should be free to warrantlessly search a cell phone taken from suspects immediately at the time of arrest rather than risk letting the suspect or his associates lock or remotely wipe the phone before it can be searched. So uh, they want uh, first strike. They want to be able to plug that baby in and, and get access to the data uh, immediately without a search warrant. I, I still think that uh, the police and law enforcement should have to get a law enforcement. Uh, have to get a uh, search warrant before they do that. I, I really, really do. They can go get the phone records and all that stuff later, right? Oh, where did that voice? I'm hearing a. I'm hearing an ad. I got my speaker turned up. So some one of these websites just kicked off uh, talking about uh, macaroni and cheese or something stupid. <laughs> okay. Um, over in the New York Times, it's being reported that an informant working for the FBI coordinated a 2012 campaign of hundreds of cyber attacks on foreign websites, including some op operated by governments of Iran, Syria, Brazil, and Pakistan, according to documents and interviews with people involved in the attacks in the Freedom of Information Act. So, boy, oh, boy. Uh, looks like the FBI may have been using this guy to uh, do some cyber attacks. I don't know what... Is the FBI... Is that part of their charter? I think some other government agencies would be part of that, uh, would be the ones to do that. But uh, it's a very damning article over on the New York Times. Link will be up in the show notes. Hey, if you, and any of you guys use, or ladies use electronic cigarette, uh, the vapor ones? I, you know, the FDA thinks that electronic cigarettes are tobacco products. You know, these vapor, these uh, electronic cigarettes can be used to have non-nicotine uh, liquid in them. They can be uh, just, it's all it is, is, it's like, have any of you ever done hookah? Have, you know, it's, it's basically the same thing and uh, a little different. But uh, the FDA has proposed new rules that would bring electronic cigarettes under its regulations for tobacco products. <laughs> You know, I, I I swear, you know, and we live in a society. Oh, you get that away from me. Um, secondhand smoke. I guess now they're worried about secondhand vapor. <sighs> we live in such a PC world, don't we? It's crazy. 
The FDA seeks answers to the many public health questions posed by products such as e-cigarettes that do not involve the burning of tobacco and inhalation of the smoke as the agency develops an appropriate level of regulatory oversight for these products. The FDA seeks comment in the proposed rules on how such products should be regulated. You know, I am one of those folks that if someone wants to smoke, go ahead and let them smoke. You know, it, it, it really... You know, I, oh, I know many people don't like being around people that smoke, but, you know, if someone's outside, you know, and they're not in an enclosed space. It's just, in, in some places, the the restrictions are incredible. And I was, oh, my God, you're going to kill me with secondhand smoke. When I was first in the Navy, I might as well have smoked because I flew in an airplane that had 20 smokers, and I was the only guy that probably didn't smoke. Um. So to me, it didn't bother me. And uh, it was it bad for my health? Probably. But everything else is bad for your health, too. It's, you know, if you want to smoke, you know, light them up, go for it, in my opinion. But, uh, um, you know, they say nicotine is a drug. And, uh, but treating them as a tobacco product to me, seems to be a little bit inaccurate. Is caffeine going to be a, a drug next to, or, you know, are we going to have to go outside to, you know, to drink our Coke? <laughs> oh, man. Sometimes I really wonder. Hey, Apple CEO Tim Cook continues to tease new products and really hasn't said a lot, except we got some cool stuff coming. So we'll see if they've got some cool stuff coming. One of the rumored things is, of course, Nike fired or reorganized their uh, um, their wearable uh, division here recently. But there's some rumor out that Apple and Nike are gearing up for a big announcement this fall. And this is one of the reasons why Nike has reorganized their uh, wearable stuff. So maybe... Maybe that's the deal. Maybe uh, Nike has uh, got a, you know, a deal with uh, with Apple. Uh, time will tell. We'll see where this leads. Hey, how many of you got an external battery for your phone? You know, every one of us probably does. Uh, you know, we're juice hogs right now. We need uh, more power. But there's a new, uh, according to Gizmodo, there's a new uh, uh, device out there called Jumpstart, and uh, it's got six thousand mAh of power, and you can charge a couple of smartphones. Uh, or even a tablet to, with this. But since Jumper also provides a 12 volts of power at a peak of 300 amps, it also can be used to, to jumpstart most four- and six-cylinder engine vehicles. So this thing has apparently got the ability to jumpstart your car. That's wow. Um, do they provide a cable? I guess they do. They provide a cable for it. Holy smokes, that little battery pack. That's pretty cool. I'm going to have to definitely check uh, one of these out. Uh, 70 bucks going to be available on May 1st. The link will be up in the show notes. Um, Call of Duty. You know, people get pretty passionate when they're playing Call of Duty. Well, one guy was getting beat by someone. He knew where he lived somehow. And uh, he called in a fake uh, murder. And the SWAT team busted the door down on a house uh, of the guy that was beating this other guy with the in, in uh, Call of Duty. I guess that's some serious sour grapes with per persons upset. Hey, you know, Tesla has been banned from uh, doing direct sales in a lot of states, but uh, Tesla has just gained a valuable ally in its battle to sell cars directly to consumers. The FTC 
is arguing that state bans on direct sales are protectionist, propping up traditional dealership business models rather than protecting companies from unfair abuses by automakers. So they're basically saying, hey, the FCC is uh, not happy um, if states are uh, blocking them. So uh, this may open the door to Tesla to uh, filing lawsuits and getting some relief from the FCC. Um, of course, the National Automobile Dealer Association is less than enthusiastic about this. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if we don't have to buy a car from a dealer? And I know we can do part of that now, but let's just do direct sales. You know, just buy a car, go online, you compete, you have two or three people compete. You know, I, there could be a trend there. We'll see what happens. All right, final article of tonight. Um, and this is kind of interesting. Oh, I actually talked about this. I have two articles on vaping, so we'll just skip that. One thing I failed to do at the beginning of the show tonight, I got out of sequence. I was supposed to read the comments at the beginning of the show, and I did not. Um, wanted to... Um, uh, I got an email from Jeff uh, referring to Dish Internet TV service re uh, launching this summer. So thanks for that, Jeff. Um, also... Uh, uh, Jeff sent something over on the start menu on Windows 8 in August. We know that's happening. I want to thank uh, uh, Justin for letting me know that uh, one of my codes didn't work. Uh, but uh, definitely um, um, be aware that the 295 code for .coms are still active. Uh, but uh, so Justin, uh, you know, when you go to buy another domain, definitely come over to geeknewcentral.com forward slash GoDaddy. Uh, first before you uh, re grab a product. Um, got an email from uh, MS Small Biz. It um, goes on to say, just a quick comment on your recent mention of the Opportunity rover and its solar panels getting a dust off by recent winds on Mars. Is it just me or does anyone else wonder why these brainy rocket scientists haven't figured out when you send a solar-powered robot to a dusty world, you might want to design some sort of solar panel wiper? We have windshield wipers since, since 1903. NASCAR's use of a rolling film, a plastic that they can rotate on uh, uh, across the onboard race cameras to provide a new clear view. NASA can't figure out they need a dust buster on solar panels destined for Mars. I think it's about weight. I'll give NASA its due uh, when deserved, but let's not forget they're the same folks that forget to change a metric to inches and lost 125 million Mars climate orbiters. So for getting the windshield wiper, I guess, is par. Maybe they could have, uh, maybe they should have to do a state vehicle inspection before launch. Ha ha ha. You know, one thing is uh, we should think about there um, is that, you know, some of this stuff is pretty hard. Um, and, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense just to have a tear off, right? <laughs> but then the environmentalists would accuse NASA of littering. <laughs> or the tear off would end up in the wheels or something. That's, I'm sure, a lot. And, and a windshield wiper would, would, would scratch the panels uh who knows how about some the canned air i think some canned air would have went well right <laughs> um i think that's it let me look here 24th last show is the 17th yeah i think that's it um for the comments on today's show hey again if you've got uh, some linux chops and some amazon s3 aws chops uh could use you um, and, uh, and, and soon don't delay, uh, email me geeknews at gmail.com. I'll get you uh, going and, and make a little money on the side. 
Uh, please include in your email what your hourly rate is, please, uh, for any services rendered. But And, and guess, basically send me your experience as well and what you've worked on. All right, folks, that's it. Let's, uh, let's get out of here. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being part of the Ohana. And uh, glad to be back with you. I actually did okay on time. And uh, thanks for letting me rant at the beginning of the show tonight. Everyone take care. We'll see you next time. Geeknews at gmail.com, at geeknews at Twitter. And uh, definitely come over to geeknewscentral.com, the website. Everyone take care. We'll see you next time. Aloha.